Thanks for tuning in with us here at City Church Garland for our Life Matters series in the book of Ecclesiastes. This is Pastor Keith. May God fill you with wisdom as you listen in to his words from the preacher. We are going to finish up our series on the book of Ecclesiastes uh, this week. We've had eight messages so far on the book of Ecclesiastes. We've called this series Life Matters, describing, uh, Solomon describes life under the sun, uh, the, the matters of life that we all face as we live our lives here on earth in a post-Genesis 3 world. And, uh, and throughout the book, he, he communicates uh, our life is fleeting and it's brief, and he, and he highlights the reality of death. I, I don't believe he wants us to come to the conclusion as he deconstructs all the the, the pursuits of, 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 of uh, that a person has in this life, trying to make meaning and purpose out of life themselves. I don't think he leaves us to the place to of despair and to come to the conclusion that our life doesn't matter. The very first message we, we talked about, chapter 1, was the question, does your life matter? And we looked at how life is perplexing and painful and frustrating. And without God, it really doesn't have much meaning uh, without God in the picture. And then we looked at chapter 2, uh, the pursuit of happiness. We looked at humanity's search for happiness and creation, uh, that it will not be fulfilled apart from its creator. And then in chapter 3, we, we looked at a time for everything, that life involves various changes of seasons and times, and which are unchanging God, who is sovereign over them, and, 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 and we must learn to respond appropriately in each of them. We, in chapter 4, we looked at injustice, work, and friendship, and how wisdom teaches us to, to see life and, and establish healthy rhythms of work and, and relationships in life. Chapter 5, we, we got a wise perspective on money and, and we looked at how wisdom teaches us the limitations and the dangers of wealth and how to properly enjoy and manage what we do have. And, and then in chapter 7, we looked at how wisdom gives us a perspective on life that, that just helps us to live well. And in chapter 8, and how wisdom teaches us to live well under God's authority. In chapter 9, uh, wisdom teaches us how to live well in light of the certainty of death and the unpredictability of life by enjoying the gifts, God's good gifts, in, in working hard. As, as we looked at at the very beginning, I, I shared with you some of the reasons that would help equip us for life and ministry as we journey through the book of Ecclesiastes. And I hope this has been your experience, that, that you've had a, a, a biblical worldview strengthened, your perspective of, of how you see the world, God, and yourself, life uh, strengthened according to what the Bible says. I hope that you've been equipped in, in helping to recognize and face humanity's dilemmas, the frustrations, the brokenness, to make sense and, and, and how does it all fit in and, and where do we place that theologically in our, in our worldview? Um, I hope that your, your worship has been fueled. Your worship of our all-wise, sovereign creator has been fueled 
uh, as we've journeyed through the book of Ecclesiastes, and that, that you've, you've had a cultivating of the fear of the Lord, and, and you've learned to find some contentment uh, through, through this time. Um, and, and I hope that you've learned to enjoy the gifts that God gives us. Uh, as, 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 a, as all of life is a gift from God to be enjoyed. And then uh, I hope that your appreciation for the gospel has been enriched, that, that enhanced and enriched. Uh, next week we're going to launch our series in the, in the Advent series and focus in on the coming of Jesus. And we're going to have gospel content. And, and the book of Ecclesiastes helps whet our appetite for the gospel it helps it helps us long even more for the coming of redemption the redeemer who who is the answer to the 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 preacher's riddle of death who is the answer to the frustrations of this life in this post genesis uh, three world that that Solomon presents to us that the preacher presents to us uh, and lastly uh, i said that that you know this book gives us wisdom uh, for relating to and reaching others, and I hope that that you've been um, that you've gained some wisdom through this time. This morning, we're going to look at chapter eleven and twelve, and we're going to just kind of uh, do an overview of those. Um, so, if you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn there. If you don't, you're welcome to read off of the screen here. Cast your bread upon the waters, for you will find it after many days. Give a portion to seven. Or even to eight. For you do not know what disaster may happen on earth. If the clouds are full of rain, they empty themselves on the earth. And if a tree falls to the south or to the north, in the place where the tree falls, there it will lie. He who observes the wind will not sow, and he who regards the clouds will not reap. As you do not know the way the spirit comes to the bones in the womb of a woman with a child. So you do not know the work of God who makes everything. In the morning sow your seed and at evening withhold not your hand for you do not know which will prosper. This or that or whether both alike will be good. Light is sweet and it is pleasant for the eyes to see the sun. So if a person lives many years... Let him rejoice in them, but let him remember that the days of darkness will be many, that all that comes is vanity. Rejoice, O young man, in your youth, and let your heart cheer you in the days of your youth. Walk in the ways of your heart and in the sight of your eyes, but know that for all these things God will bring you into judgment. Remove vexation from your heart and put away pain from your body, for youth in the dawn are of life are vanity. Amen. This is God's word, and here's here's our big idea as we look at chapter eleven, and then we'll we'll, we'll dig into chapter twelve a little bit as well. Namely, that wisdom teaches us to live well by showing us that our life matters as a gift to enjoy and to steward. Wisdom teaches us to live life well by showing that our life does matter. Our life does matter as a gift to enjoy and to steward. And so we started this series off uh, with, with a message called, Does, does Your Life Matter? And, and as you're reading through Ecclesiastes, you're confronted with that question. Does my life really matter? Because there are many things in life 
that the masses are pursuing that don't really matter when it comes to eternal eternity. All right. And, and so the book of Ecclesiastes teaches us how one that our life does matter and teaches us how to live meaningful lives through the wisdom that he gives us. He uh, teaches us how to live well. And we're going to look at five, five ways uh, that, that we can live like our life really does matter. Because we as Christians, we believe that. We believe that our life does count, that our life does matter. And the first thing uh, that we're going to look at is, is to responsibly manage your resources. Because this is how we're to live like our life does matter. Okay, We're to responsibly manage our resources. I'm going to read uh, these verses here, the first six, uh, one through four in, in verse six in the NLT. The New Living Translation, I think it explains this well. Bible scholars have various interpretations on this passage. But I think one of the ways to summarize what Solomon is saying here is, is responsibly manage your resources. Okay, live, live like your life matters by responsibly managing your resources. That's what wisdom teaches us to do. So he says, send your grain across the seas and in time profits will flow back to you. But divide your investments among many, for you do not know what risks might lie ahead. When the clouds are heavy, the rains come down, whether a tree falls north or south, it stays where it falls. Farmers who wait for perfect weather never plant. If they watch every cloud, they never harvest. And then verse 6, plant your seed in the morning. Keep business all afternoon, for you do not know if it will profit. If profit will come from one activity or another, or maybe both. So, so here's here's what uh, the NLT translates this as: is is basically in make make good investments and and don't put all your eggs in one basket, so to speak. Okay, be responsible in how you manage what you do have and make investments. Be be wise in, in how you invest. Now, now the the message paraphrase this paraphrases this, and other scholars would emphasize this uh, is this idea of generosity when he talks about casting your bread upon the waters uh, that that we're to to hold things loosely and, and we're to be uh, take risk in giving and uh, in or take risk in investing. But either way, depend, either way, regardless of how you interpret this particular passage, I think there's a responsibility that, that is being uh, implied within these first uh, six verses. A responsibility to manage what we do have well by either being generous with what we have, okay, and, and of course the Bible teaches us that in, in many other places, especially in the New Testament, that we, we are to live our lives radically generously, generous. Um, and then we are to, to make wise investments. I mean, think of Jesus's parable of uh, of the stewards, of, of the the ones with the talents, and and and, and the one who uh, he didn't have very much, and he just he just tucked it away instead of taking a risk and making a wise investment and being a faithful and wise steward. He just kind of sat on it. Okay, I think what what Solomon is expressing here in in this. Uh, this passage is that that we are uh, uh, to to take risk with what we have to to responsibly manage what we do have, it, regardless of the reality that we don't know what's going to happen 
We don't we don't we don't have guaranteed success in, in all our endeavors in life and, and there are many limitations to what we know and what we can do. Instead of allowing the uncertainty of life to to uh, paralyze us in fear and in sloth to keep us from investing and in, in giving ourselves away and giving our resources away for the kingdom of God. We are to take great risks for God responsibly. We're to give, we're to invest what we do have. Amen. Um, Philip Rickon says this uh, regarding this passage. He said, rather than holding on to what we have, hoarding it all for ourselves, which is the error that the man with one talent made in a parable that Jesus told, God invites us. To be venture capitalists for the kingdom of God. It is about having the holy boldness to do seven or even eight things. To spread the gospel. And then waiting for God's ship to come in. Some of the things that we attempt may fail or at least seem to fail at the time. Some of the ministries we start, for example, or the churches we plant, or the efforts we make to share the good news of the cross... In the empty tomb, but we should never stop investing with the gospel in many places, in as many places as we can. Whenever we engage in kingdom enterprises, we offer the Holy Spirit something He can and often will use to save people's souls. Amen. This is good stuff. Cast your bread upon the waters. Okay. Uh, responsibly manage what you do have. Make the most of what you do have. The opportunities that you do have to do good to all people as much as you can, as long as you can, to as many people as you can. And then the next thing in verse 8 he calls us to, here's a way that we can display and live like our life really does matter. Rejoice. In your days under the sun. Rejoice. Instead of being depressed about uh, the things that we can't change in life, the things that are beyond our control and beyond our comprehension, okay? See life as a gift to be received and enjoyed. Rejoice in your days under the sun. So if a person lives many years, let him rejoice in all of them. Now, God gets glory from this. God is honored when we do this, when we rejoice in our days, when we rejoice in God and we cheerfully embrace the good gifts that he has sent our way. God is honored in that. And this is a way that we live like our life really does matter. Joy matters to God. Okay. The kingdom of God, one of the elements uh, that is uh, described uh, that the, that characterizes the kingdom of God is joy. Okay, and joy will last for all eternity. And God wants us while we're here, briefly in this momentary time, in this short period of time under the sun, living in this life where we have many opportunities uh, to to honor God. He wants us to honor Him by rejoicing in our days. Uh, verse 9 says, Rejoice, O young man, in your youth, 
and let your heart cheer you in the days of your youth. Young people, enjoy the, the, the youthfulness that you have. Enjoy it. Okay? Live it up. Okay? Make the most of it. Enjoy life as a gift. Uh, see it as a gift to be enjoyed. Uh, but, but, and he says, and he goes on, he says, walk in the ways of your heart and in the sight of your eyes, but know that for all these things, God will bring you into judgment. Okay? So, rejoice knowing that you, there will be an account that you must give to God for how you've stewarded what, what you have and the opportunities that you have and how you enjoy or don't enjoy. What you do have. You see, this is a command. And this is a command in more than one place in the scripture that we are to rejoice. We're to rejoice in the Lord. Uh, here he's saying rejoice in your youth. Rejoice in your days that you have in the, in the life that you do have. Live it up. Live it up. Uh, this isn't saying uh, enjoy sin and go after sin and go after sinful desires that you may have. Uh, but but he is saying uh, enjoy what you do have, uh, but but do so with the awareness that there you you'll give an account for whether you enjoyed the, what you have and and how you've stewarded what what you have. Okay, and so may we be a people at City Church. May we be a people marked by joy, that kingdom characteristic, and may that be ever increasing. In our lives as we spend time with God, as we spend time in his word, uh, joy comes from the presence of God where there's fullness of joy. Joy comes from being in communion with God. Joy comes from, from God's words and getting God's perspective on life. Okay? Uh, joy comes from believing God's words. Amen? And so, may we be a people of joy. Amen. Not, not a grumpy old people. Uh, not, not a people who uh, is complaining and whining um, and grumpy about things in life. Grumpy about everything that's, that's going on. Remember, that Solomon here is a realist. Okay, He doesn't hold back. On the reality of this brokenness we live in in this post Genesis three world, he he has explored that. He has described how uh, frustrating it is and how perplexing it is and how difficult it is. Uh, he, he's described all that, but in light, in the midst of all that, in, in, in the midst of being a realist and having a, a, a sober uh, touch, uh, being in touch with reality and a sober outlook on life. He says, rejoice, 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 O young man. Young people, live joyfully before God. Be content with what you have, okay? Instead of always thinking uh, you need something else to, to be happy in life. And, and one of the reasons he says uh, to, to rejoice back in verse 8, he says, let him, uh, but let him remember that the days of darkness will be many, okay? Uh, and, and so there's, there's coming difficult days. Right, as, as you get older, the longer you live, uh, difficulties will, will will come your way. Um, so, young people, rejoice! Uh, in verse ten, the next thing here: remove anxiety from your heart. Living like our life really does matter involves us removing anxiety 
from our heart. Remove vexation from your heart and put away pain from your body. For your youth in the dawn of your life are vanity. Uh, the, the, the Net Bible says, banish emotional stress from your mind. Banish, banish emotional stress from your mind. Put away pain from your body. For youth and the prime of life are fleeting. Okay? Um, for some of us, to banish emotional stress from our life, we may have to set some healthy boundaries on our screen time. On how much we're scrolling through social media, how much we're scrolling through news feeds, and feeding our mind and, and, and feeding ourselves with, with uh, what's going on in the world. Now, it's important for us to be in touch with that, to be realist and have a sober outlook on life. But we can't just harp on that, okay? We can't just uh, just just continually to focus on all the negative that's going on in the world and be healthy people mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. In the New Testament, we're told by the Apostle Paul to, to meditate on what's pure and lovely and praiseworthy and, and of good report. Uh, so we would do well if we would remove vexation from our heart. If we would, as Paul says in Philippians 4, 6, be anxious about nothing. Now we live in a day when anxiety and fears have skyrocketed and people are uh, looking for, to, to medications for, uh, to help. And I'm not knocking or downing uh, looking, using medication to cope with anxieties and fears. Um, but, but I just want to highlight that this is a problem in our day, a great problem. And a, and a problem that, that Jesus said would be so before he returns. That the, the hearts of people would, would melt in fear. Because of things that are coming upon the earth. And so we must, one of the ways practically that we can banish emotional stress from our minds is by setting our minds on the things above, as the New Testament tells us. And he also says, put away pain from your body. Uh, I like how the, the NLT puts it. It says, uh, uh, take care of your body. Take care of yourself. Okay? Uh, there, some of us... Um, uh, we would do well if we would steward our bodies well, uh, eating good, uh, taking care of our exercise, taking care, getting rest. Um, we're, we've been confronted with, uh, with with the gift that health is this year, and and how it's not certain that that we'll we'll always have that um, in the midst of this pandemic. So remove anxiety from your heart. Next, he says in uh, chapter twelve, verse one. He says, remember also your creator in the days of your youth before the evil days come and the years draw near of which you will say, I have no pleasure in them. Okay, so so as you're responsibly managing your resources, investing, being generous, giving your life away, not not trying to save your life, so to speak, as Jesus put it but losing your life in the healthiest sense, and you're, you're, you're responsibly managing your, your resources, and you're rejoicing in the gifts that you have, and, and you're, you remove uh, anxiety from your heart. Uh, he, he, in, in, as you're living, he says, remember also your Creator in the days of your youth. Young people, don't forget God. 
and old people as well. This is a word for old people as well, but specifically addresses young people. There's this tendency when you're young to think you're invincible and to think that life is just forever, you know, that you're just here under the sun, right? You just, you, 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 you tend not to think about the end because it seems so far away. Uh, but the book of Ecclesiastes has taught us to live well here under the sun by thinking about the end, by reflecting, having a healthy dose of reality that we're going to get old and that one day we're going to die. Our body's going to start falling apart. Okay, there, 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 and there's going to be injustices in the world. There's going to be disappointments. There's going to be things that we don't understand, things that we can't make sense of. Okay, but God is sovereign and God is good and He is our Creator. Okay, and so we must remember Him because He's the one who made us with with a good purpose and a good design. Okay. Remember the one who put you here on this planet. And you're not an accident. Okay? Even if even if your parents didn't plan to have you, God planned to have you in this world. You're not an accident, okay? So so he made you with a good purpose and a good design and wisdom teaches us to to get in line with God's design. Wisdom teaches us to go with the grain of his created order rather than uh, pushing against it and bucking against God's good design for us. Okay? So remember your creator. Don't forget him. Okay? Uh, God's people historically have, um, have had a tendency to have spiritual amnesia. Uh, God's people have tended to forget what he has done for them, who he is and what he has done for them. This was uh, certainly the case with the Israelites. They had forgotten God. They turned their back on God. They had forgotten the great things that God had done. They, they had forgotten God's gracious generosity that he had lavished upon them. And saints, we, we tend to do the same as well. Okay, uh, The book of Deuteronomy, uh, one of the themes of the book of Deuteronomy is remember the Lord your God. Remember what He's done. Okay, And, and we must do the same. The New Testament writers uh, tap into this language when, when they talk about it's good for us to remind you of these things. We need reminders, don't we? Uh, young people, you need reminders. <laughs> Um, old people do as well. Um, but we're to remember, specifically remember our Creator. And this involves us giving Him honor. This involves us recognizing Him and giving Him the honor that He's due. He's, he deserves honor and He deserves, deserves thanks and He deserves our devotion. Okay, so as we're living our life, enjoying the gifts of life, uh, don't don't forget God and enjoying the gifts. Don't make an idol of the gifts and worship the gifts and forget about the giver of those good gifts. The good things that we enjoy in this life are designed to point us back to the one who graciously gave us those things. Amen. God, as our creator, he is completing his good work in us. This is New Testament language. 
Um, uh, First Peter uh, talks about God being commit your soul to a faithful creator when you're going through suffering. Paul uh, says uh, Philippians 1 6 that he who began a good work in you will complete it unto the day of Christ Jesus. Remember your creator young people. Remember your creator saints. And then remember that he'll, he'll hold you accountable as well for how you've enjoyed and stewarded uh, the his creation so remember your creator uh in verses two through six uh there is a poem for the aging uh for those um experiencing um old age and and changes that happen that can be very discouraging and depressing Uh, but but solomon uses some poetic language here in in uh in describing aging, I'm going to read it from the the message because uh, Eugene Peterson, I think, does a good job in in uh, paraphrasing uh, what's what's said there. I'm going to start in verse one. He says, "Honor, enjoy your Creator while you're still young." Okay, <laughs> let me and let me just say this too, young people, don't don't wait until you get old to to start serving God. Don't waste your life. Okay. Like, serve God while you're young, while you have strength, and, and while you have the ability to, to do great things with God and for God, for the glory of God. Amen? So serve Him, while, enjoy Him, honor Him while you're still young. Before the, years, before the years take their toll and your vigor wanes, before your vision dims and the world blurs, and the winter years keep you close to the fire, in old age, your body no longer serves you so well. Muscles slacken, grip weakens, joints stiffen. The shades are pulled down on the world. You can't come and go at will. Things grind to a halt. The hum of the household fades away. You are awakened now by a bird song. Hikes to the mountains are a thing of the past. Even a stroll down the road has its terrors. Your hair turns apple blossom white, adorning a fragile and impotent matchstick body. Yes, you're well on your way to eternal rest, while your friends make plans for your funeral. We would do well to reflect on the reality that life is brief and that death is certain, and that this is where we're all headed. All right. This is this is what happens, and and we would do well to to embrace it for what it is, and and look forward. Let it cause you to look forward and long for the 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 the, the age to come, where all things will be made new and will be made right. Okay. There are a lot of um, older people who spend. Thousands of dollars trying to stay young uh, cosmetically, uh, uh, with their with their wardrobe, with their activities, and and I think that's it's great to be young at heart and in, and continue to enjoy life and live it up even in your old age. But I think there's there's also wisdom uh, that that Solomon has taught us in, in Ecclesiastes to um, to discerning, recognizing. The seasons that we're in and discerning how to respond appropriately to the season that we're in by accepting it, 
Okay, not denying the reality that uh, you and I are getting old, <laughs> um, uh, but accepting it. Uh, there's a glory that does come along with uh, old age. Uh, Proverbs describes the glory of a young man is his strength, and the glory of a, a of an old man is their um, gray hair, which I think implies wisdom. Uh, uh, which is ideal that when, as we grow older and experience more, we should accumulate wisdom through our experiences. Um, unfortunately, that's not the case. Not everybody who grows old uh, grows up and grows wise. Um, a, it's been said that a, uh, a <clears throat> an average person, an ordinary person, um, learns from their own experiences. A wise person learns from the experiences of others, and the fool learns from no one's experiences. Um, so it's ideal that we do gain attain wisdom as we walk through life <clears throat> uh, and experience different things. But but wise people, those who get wisdom, get wisdom through learning from others' experiences, like Solomon here, or like our parents, or like godly mentors that. That God has put in our lives, and ultimately wisdom comes from God. Uh, and so this is a beautiful poem for for the aging, all right. And this is a reality that we all have to face. We have um, grandparents, and we have friends that are elderly, um, and and we should be a, a, a people who who honor um, uh, those in in this aging process who. Um, uh, sympathize and empathize with them and, uh, and are considerate uh, towards uh, the frailties that come along with this time, uh, this season of life. Um, those of us who are young should should use our, our strength and our energy to serve those who, who are elderly. Amen. Um, lastly here, the preacher comes to a conclusion that um, he says in verse 13, the end of the matter, all has been heard, fear God and keep his commandments. For this is the whole duty of man. For God will bring every deed into judgment with every secret thing, whether good or evil. And so here's where Solomon has been going uh, throughout the book, and, and this is where, where he, he brings us to, uh, namely that, that we are to uh, live like our life matters by reverencing God, fearing God, and obeying God. And he gives us uh, some motivation behind that. Uh, one, this is the whole duty of man, and then God will bring every deed into judgment with every secret thing, whether, whether good or Evil. And so we've talked uh, a little bit about uh, the fear of the Lord as we've gone through um, uh, chapter 3 and chapter 5 and, and chapter 7 and chapter 8. Uh, but again, this is where, where Solomon brings us to um, life with, without regard for God. Life doesn't make much sense and doesn't have meaning. All right. And, and so Solomon, in, as he explores the brokenness of this world throughout the book, as he sees the, the frustrations, as he sees things that seem inconsistent, things that are perplexing and frustrating and hard to understand, he doesn't, he doesn't throw his hands up 
in doubt and despair and just become a complete atheist. No, he, 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 he says, fear God. This is a good way to live. And by the way, we, 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 what we do know about Solomon from other Old Testament passages that, you know, he, he started well. He had lots of wisdom, uh, but, but he didn't end so well. Okay. Um, and so we, and, and I love that about the Bible, that the Bible doesn't whitewash the mistakes of, of, of the leaders without, in, in the Bible. I mean, there's really only one, one person who's, who's ever lived who never sinned, and that's Jesus, right? Uh, but Solomon had some significant flaws and failures. He, he took many wives and had many concubines, and his heart was, was led astray because of their gods that they, they worshipped. But but here he, he he's saying fear God and keep His commandments. Here's here's what really matters. When you think about your life and 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 you think about living like your life really matters. Here's here's one of the things that 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 gives value and and to our lives and and why our life matters because we're going to stand before God. We're going to give an account for our lives and surely there is a hereafter. We were told more clearly in the New Testament that there is. Uh, eternal life that there is a resurrection that there is uh, there are rewards that will be given out to those who stewarded well what they've been given and so Solomon calls us to, to reverence and obey God this is this is the way to live like your life really does matter you know when we when we talk about judgment you know, for many, it's, that's a fearful, scary thing. And there should be a, a measure of fear and uh, reverence as we think about that. One of the things we see in the New Testament is that Jesus came not to condemn the world, but he took upon himself the condemnation that we deserve. He took upon himself the judgment for our sin so that when we, you and I stand before the judgment seat, we will not experience condemnation. Okay? Because we have been forgiven. We have been redeemed. The sinless Son of God, the Lamb of God, was slain for the sin of the world. And those of us who've accepted Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior... Uh, have been forgiven. We've been redeemed. There's therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. So when we when we when we cultivate this fear of God and this obedience to God, um, when we blow it, we we don't run away from God. Now we rather we run to God and we hope in His mercy. Uh, Psalm uh, 33, 18 says the, um, the eye of the Lord is on those who fear him, on those who hope in his mercy. There's this connection between those who have this healthy fear of God, uh, this fear of God and this hope in God's mercy. And if we're hoping in God's mercy, if we're reverencing and fearing God in, in the healthy, biblical way that we're called to, uh, then, then what's accompanied with it is this hope in His mercy. And, 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 and when we blow it, we're going to run to Him instead of running away from Him. Amen? And this is what God wants. 
You see, when we know uh, that we're forgiven and we're redeemed because of what Jesus has done, that he took the judgment we deserve, the wages of our sin, that was death, was upon him. When we know that and we've accepted that and we've experienced the amazing grace and the profound mercy of God through Jesus Christ, we're freed up to hope in his mercy more, to run to his throne of grace with boldness, knowing that we will, will, will receive mercy and grace to help us in our time of need. And so for, for those of us who read verse 14, who, who know Jesus and are walking with God, for God will bring every deed into judgment, including every secret thing, whether good or evil. For us, this should be motivation to, to not live in darkness and, and keep secret things hidden. We should run to the light knowing that there is a Redeemer. Psalm 130 says this. If you should mark iniquities. 130 verse 3. If you, O Lord, should mark iniquities. O Lord, who could stand? But with you there is forgiveness that you may be feared. Notice the connection here with forgiveness and, and the fear of the Lord, the fear of God. Or the, uh, as I said earlier, the hoping in His mercy and, and the fear of the Lord. The Lord takes pleasure in those who fear Him and those who hope in His mercies. Let's go ahead and land the plane here. I'm going to finish up. Um, so here's some application. Fear God and obey Him. Actually, this, this whole sermon has been application. These, these last two chapters in Ecclesiastes have been application. Uh, fear God and obey Him. Enjoy God and His good gifts. Do all the good you can while you're here. And avoid losing sleep over the things that you can't change. Okay? Um, so we've already talked about these things. This, this is application here. As we look at the book uh, of Ecclesiastes, we've seen uh, Solomon talk about the fear of the Lord. Uh, throughout this book, we've, we've seen him talk about enjoying the gifts that God has given us, uh, eating, drinking, work, relationships. Last week, uh, chapter 9, enjoy uh, life with your wife, enjoy your wife, husbands, right? Uh, and, and also th this idea of not, um, not fretting over the things that we can't change and the things that we are, are beyond our comprehension, leaving uh, room for mystery. There are many things that we, we cannot know. Even as he mentioned uh, in chapter 11, uh, verse 5, it says, As you do not know the way the Spirit comes to the bones in, in the womb of a woman with child, so you do not know the work of God who makes everything. And so he's, he's salted in uh, verses like this throughout the book uh, that, that what we know uh, is, is, is limited, that we are human beings with, with limitations, right? Um, and, and, and so we're designed by God to trust in Him, to trust His wisdom, to trust His design. And let me close with this last uh, quote here from uh, Philip Ricken in his book, Why Everything Matters, The Gospel According to Ecclesiastes. Okay? Because uh, we've titled this sermon, this last sermon, Living Like Your Life Matters. And I hope that is the application, that is the takeaway from this series for each of you saints. As a result of this time, you would live life like it matters.
He says, it'll matter how we use our time, whether we've wasted it on foolish pleasures or worked hard for the Lord. It will matter what we did with our money, whether we spend it on ourselves or invested it in the eternal kingdom. It'll matter what we did with our bodies, what we saw our eyes, what our eyes saw, our hands touched, our mouths spoke. What we did uh, for a two-year-old will matter. The way we made time for her and got down on her level. What we said about someone else's performance will matter. The sarcastic comment or the word of genuine praise. The proud boast and the selfless sacrifice will matter. The household task and the homework assignment will matter. The cup of water, the tear of compassion, the word of testimony, all of it will matter. The final message of Ecclesiastes is not that nothing matters, therefore, but that everything does. What we did, how we did it, why we did it, will all have eternal significance. Everything in the universe is subject to the final verdict of a righteous God who knows every secret. The things we do today will all be seen in light of the final judgment. If this is true then, what matters most is the personal decision that each person makes about Jesus Christ. Ecclesiastes ends with a warning of judgment, not a promise of grace. But this warning still points us to the gospel. And so if you're watching right now and you're not a believer in Jesus Christ, you haven't yet repented of your sins and you haven't come to consciously put your faith in Jesus Christ as the Savior who died for your sins, your Savior and your Lord, the one who has rescued and redeemed you and and is Lord of your life. The one who went to the grave for you for three days and was raised up from the dead on the third day. If you're watching and you're not a Christian yet, I I urge you to put your faith in Jesus Christ. In light of the the brokenness of this world, in light of the reality that you're going to die one day, and after death comes judgment, you and I have an appointment that we won't miss. And it's an appointment To die and stand before the Almighty and give an account for our lives. And if you don't know Jesus, then you're not ready for that day. And you can get ready for that day by repenting and receiving Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and relying on Him and what He's done for you. You can know Him personally. The Bible says in John 17, 3, This is eternal life, that they may know you, the one true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you sent. Amen? And so, uh, let me pray with you and for you. Um, Heavenly Father, I thank you for um, this time going through the book of Ecclesiastes and how fitting it has been for for many of us um, in this 2020 year of coronavirus, global pandemic, turmoil. Um, This has been so good and helpful for us. And I pray that we would now live well, that we would live like our life does matter according to the wisdom 
that you have given us. I pray Psalm 90 uh, verse uh, 12 that you would teach us to number our days that we may apply our hearts to wisdom. Pray that for City Church Garland. I pray um, that, that, that you would satisfy us early with your steadfast love, that we would rejoice and be glad all our days. I pray that you would let uh, your work be shown to us, that, that your glorious and your glorious power to your children, that your favor, O oh Lord, would be upon us, and that you would establish the work of our hands. Yes, establish the work of our hands. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. May the Lord make His face shine upon you. May the Lord be gracious to you. And may He lift up the light of His countenance on you. May He give you His peace. Thank you again for tuning in to the City Church Garland podcast in our Life Matters series on the book of Ecclesiastes. We hope that you were encouraged and that God gave you a nugget of wisdom to apply to your life as you navigate through these difficult times. May God bless you.